It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. If the Cowboys pick a receiver in the first round, which one best fits them? And what second or third round offensive lineman could the Cowboys target in this year's draft? All that and more in this episode of the Locked On Cowboys podcast. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We want to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms. I am Marcus Mosher. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosher. He is Landon McCool. Check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. Landon, how are you doing today, sir? Doing well. Uh, we are getting closer and closer. We, uh, we've we got some uh, tight ends that we're going to talk about a little bit later this week, but uh, I got a fun... I got a fun little surprise dropped on me this morning about what we're going to be chatting in the uh, on the, yes. the pod today. Yeah, so uh, in case you missed it, right before the show came on, uh, I released my first seven-round mock draft at the game day, um, and it's picks for every team, explanations for every single pick. Uh, it came in about 17,000 words, Landon, so it wow. took me a little bit of time to write. Wow. So if you guys get too upset about a pick in the sixth round, please, please don't get too mad, but... Uh, I'm going to have you live react to what happened to the Cowboys and uh, what you think about the the overall draft haul for the Cowboys. So uh, let's wait. start in, in round one. And we'll just read some of the names that go off the board before the Cowboys pick. So Derek Stingley goes to Washington. Garrett Wilson goes to Houston. Jordan Davis is off the board to Baltimore. Trevor Penning goes to the Chargers. Kyle Hamilton to the Eagles at 18. Mm. Zion Johnson goes to the Saints at number 19. George mm. Carlotinus off the board at 21 to the Patriots. Chris Olave. Oh, no. Pin throw. <laughs> yeah, I kind of agree with you there. Chris Olave <laughs> to the Packers at 22. Bernard Raymond to the Cardinals at 23. And with the 24th pick in the 2022 NFL oh, Draft, the Dallas Cowboys select Traylon Burks, wide receiver, Arkansas. How would you feel about that pick? I feel like it's a it's a pretty good pick. You know, I, that's the thing about the 24th overall pick in, in a lot of these mock drafts is that 24 is not usually where I have the problem, right? I mean, unless there's some guys – there have been yeah. a couple of guys that we've seen picked at 24 that I've been like, I don't know, that's too there, early, it's too rich. There's not many guys that we we hate at that spot. Like, yeah. we might we might write Kenyon Green higher than Burks or something like that, but it, we're okay for the most part. Yeah, and, and that's how I generally feel about this pick. I think Traylon Burks is a guy that could come in – 
uh, you know, kind of operate as that big slot type as he's working his way into learning mm -hmm. the exposition as well. Uh, I think there will be, you know, eventually you're going to see a lot of really kind of cool interplay off of uh, the, the trio that you've got because they do kind of have a, a different, a differing uh, skill set, much more so than the trio that you had previously. Now, I'm not suggesting that Cooper is is worse wide receiver than Burks, but at the very least, what you have now is kind of a, a varied skill set that you can kind of use against each other in a way uh, that you know maybe you couldn't before. I think Burks is a great yak guy. I think Burks is he kind of fits that mold of the guy that we've been talking about with wanting to try to make Dak's life a little bit easier, right? Mm -hmm. Getting him an easy completion and having him power through defensive backs for first downs. I think that's, that's, that's as much as you hitting an easy button as you can with anybody in this draft. So um, yeah, I'm a, I'm a fan of Traylon Burks. Uh, and I, and I certainly am not going to get upset with anybody for picking him there at 24. It, it feels like this is a solid B plus pick for the Cowboys, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it, I don't think I don't think we're going to be as excited as with the Cowboys drafted CD Lamb or Des Bryant, but we recognize, hey, this is a a really talented receiver that's a little rough around the edges. It's not probably going to be super pretty as a rookie, but if you can simplify the game plan, just get the ball in his hands, maybe he can give you something that the offense has missed over the last couple of years. But I feel like for the most part, it's a fine pick. I think the thing here is that there are a lot of guys that you could draft that are developmental wide receivers there aren't a ton of guys that are guys that you could develop to a much higher upside but can also give you quality snaps and actually contribute to your team this year the way Traylon Burks can right? right because I think you know you can scheme him opportunities and he can take full advantage and really really be a contributing force to your offense while learning the actual finer points of becoming a wide receiver and growing into a role where, you know, eventually he may take over a lion's share of the targets you know, later on in his career. Um, so we come out first night of the draft with Traylon Burks. Oh, what are your just thoughts? You're, you're good with that. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think we've talked about it like 24 is a spot where I, you know, and maybe I'm setting myself up for huge disappointment, but I, I think that 24 is a spot where I, I have a hard time seeing them uh, uh, get into a spot where they're going to have to take a bad pick or, you know, like they, there's just a good, I feel like when they get to 24, there's going to be options for them. Traylon Burks is one of those options that I like. So I'm certainly on board with it. Um. I, I really struggled between Kenyon Green and Traylon Burks. And when yeah. I was writing the mock, it's, I kept coming back to what's well, going to be easier to find in the second round, a left guard or a dynamic receiver that you can get the ball to in space and let them work. That's and right. I trusted that I would be able to find a guard. Um, did that happen? We'll see. We'll uh, let's, uh, let's take a quick little break so I can tell you guys about Shady Rays, a new sponsor for the show. Shady Rays is an independent sunglass company that gives you the features of $200 sunglasses for a fraction of the price. I mean, literally a fraction of the price. That means polarized lens, well-constructed, durable frames, and premium high-end finishes. Also, something that you won't find anywhere else is Shady Rays' insane protection program. Shady Rays includes lost and broken protection on every single pair, and they will send you a brand new pair if you lose them. No matter what happened, give them a try. And if you don't love them, you'll pay absolutely nothing. It's as simple as that. Plus, 10 meals are donated to fight hunger in America when you shop with Shady Rays. 
And exclusively for our listeners, head to ShadyRays.com and use promo code LOCKEDON to get 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. That's promo code LOCKEDON for their best deal of the season, 50% off two or more pairs of Shady Rays sunglasses. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, so going to round two. Uh, need a guard pretty, pretty obvious. That's the Cowboys biggest need. And I have them taking Darian Kennard, the right tackle from Kentucky. Who's going to slide into left guard in the NFL, 340 pounds, uh, never played the position before. It's a little bit of a projection, but it was just awfully hard for me to, to pass on him, him here. Plus Cowboys have some connections there. They drafted two Kentucky guys last year in Calvin Joseph and Quentin Bohana. Uh, obviously, they, they they like some people in that coaching staff. What do you think about that pick? I think it makes a lot of sense. You know, Kennard's the guy that you kind of have penciled in as your target there at 56 if if you take wide receiver or something in the first round. I mean, that's who you hope you can kind of get to, uh, uh, you know, in the second round as your guard choice just because I think that he's the guy, despite having not played the position, has the athletic profile, has the size that you want, especially kind of, Moving off of uh, of of uh, Connor Williams, where you know you liked Connor Williams a lot, or at least I <laughs> I liked Connor Williams. We, a li- lot. we liked him more than we liked. I, I, I didn't mean we, not you. I mean we, as in the Cowboys Nation, didn't like him yeah. very much, but yeah. we liked him. You and I liked him. I think that, that we would both agree that the issue with him, though, is at times is that it just never felt like he got the sand in his pants that he re- needed to kind of hold up and be stout and, and pass protection against some of the bigger yeah. guys. I don't know that's going to be a problem for Kennard. Nope. I think for Kennard, it's going to be about getting to the second level. It's going to be about operating there. Um, you know, he's he's athletic for a guy that's 340. There's no doubt about that. I mean, he's playing tackle. Um, but I think that it's still a different thing to try to operate as a guard, to try to get to the second level, to try to block there. I have no doubts he's going to do it. There may be some growing pains as he gets there. Uh, but that's what you're getting at 56 when you're when you're drafting an offensive guard. You're not getting the guy that's uh, plug and play, ready to go uh, necessarily. You know, not that he can't learn the position over it's training camp, but right. but it's yeah. new to him. So there's some, there is a little bit of a projection there. So uh, I certainly like the pick, and and I know that I would be pretty thrilled if if you get to Burks at 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 24, and then we're able to get all the way to 56 without Kennard coming off the board. Uh, I feel like you set yourself up for the rest of the draft pretty well. Yeah, I, I I love this fit for Dallas because you get you get a massive guy that can just uh, have open up big you know holes in the run game, and that's just something they haven't had from that left guard yeah. spot. Like they yeah. haven't had a guy that can drive defensive tackles off the ball. He needs work in pass pro, but I think if you move him inside, I kind of don't help. think it becomes that big of an issue. Like he, yeah. every once in a while, he could get bit, beat with speed, you know, from some edge rushers, but. It's just not going to happen that frequently in the NFL at left guard. I I think I think he's a day one starter for you. 
Well, and I, I will say this too. I think Kennard's a very a heady player. And and I think that that's, you know, a big part of what you need to deal with in pass pro inside, especially nowadays, right, is making sure your head's on a swivel, making sure that you're, you know, uh, targeting folks that are crossing your face, that are you know, moving in loops and stunts. Um, so really, you know, you don't have a, a huge area to cover when you're playing guard. Uh, the athleticism isn't as you know, the, the mirroring athleticism is important, but the athleticism, like, as it is a tackle is not quite as important. But what is important is uh, targeting, your eyesight, your ability to identify stunts, twists that are happening, and working in conjunction with the center on your right and the left tackle on your left uh, to make sure that things get passed off. And so that will be, I think, his, his biggest hurdle. If he can get over that, I think he'll be just fine. All right, so after the first two rounds, Traylon Burks and Darren Kennard, how you feeling so far? We're partying, man. Like We're we partying. got what we needed, right? Like we got – I think you got two guys that you feel good about sliding into this offense and contributing right away. Uh, and, and you kind of have the monkey off your back a little bit. Mm-hmm. Now you can really go into the rest of the draft. And I'm really excited to see what happens uh, at 88. Is 88, I think, is the next pick? 88. I've, so I've, what position are you looking for at 88? Well, I mean, the fact that you've got those two guys knocked off the bar really opens things up. I think you still will be looking tight end. You still would be looking edge rusher. You still could be looking at a defensive tackle, though I think that's going to dry up pretty quick. It did. Uh, yep. Offensive tackle could be a position that you, you could be t- targeting. So I wouldn't be surprised if it was uh, some either a tight end, an edge player, maybe a, a defensive tackle. So with the 88th pick in the tw- oh, 2020 no. 2022 NFL draft, the Dallas Cowboys select – Sam Williams, edge uh, rusher, okay. Ole Miss. Okay. I thought you were going to go a completely different direction. No, 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 like got... an idiot. Uh, uh, makes sense. Yeah, right? I, it makes a lot of sense. Obviously, they've been kicking tires in this guy. Um, you know, the thing here is uh, there's athleticism. He's got the traits. He has yeah. production. The issue is the off field, right? That's that's what they have to figure out. Uh, I mean, you know, he even looks like uh, Micah Parsons, just in case you needed to have like a twins competition of some sort, or there's going to be like a double trouble situation where they switch jerseys or something, play a prank on the coach. Uh, I I, I like Sam Williams. I think the the only issue there is that I have no concept for what the off field is. There is serious off field stuff. I don't want to make light of it, but I'm just not knowledgeable to it as, as most of us aren't. I'm assuming the Cowboys have got their hands around the situation because they're kicking the tires there. Yep. Um, and so, you know, this could be one of those situations. When I look at the Sam Williams situation, I look at a situation where it feels like the Cowboys are attempting to bring their superior knowledge to bear to, to their advantage, right? Like they, yep. They have, you know, extensive detective work and, and, and a scouting department that really dives deep, deep on these folks, maybe deeper than some other teams can. Uh, and so this feels like this is a situation where the Cowboys feel like they may know more about the player in a positive manner. Uh, and that's what's freeing them to draft this guy uh, and, and potentially get a, a, a bargain for a guy yep. that has very serious talent on the field. And he fits in terms of like the athletic profile that Dan Quinn wants. Like for that right edge, you've got to be able to run a sub four six forty, and he does. Is he the most bendy guy in the world? Nope. Uh, but I think he's a little bit like Dante Fowler that way, or Tack McKinley, who was in Atlanta a couple of years ago. So I think you draft him at eighty eight. He's probably not active early on in the season because you'll have Dorrance Armstrong, you'll have Fowler, you have Demarcus Lawrence. 
Uh, you kind of bring him along slowly, and maybe by the end of the year, he's getting some some snaps. And the hope is by next year, right, you move on from Dante Fowler and he steps up in that rotational role. I, I could certainly see that. Yeah, it seems like a pretty clear, you know, pathway for him yep. moving from year one to year two to year three. And you just don't find guys that are that athletic with production in the SEC like that very often. So it's a value right. pick. Uh, we're not going to spend a lot of time on the day three guys, but uh, the Dallas Cowboys in the fourth round did pick a tight end. Charlie Kohler from Iowa State at pick 129. Man, this draft is going very much with a lot of these these guys that you really like. Uh, well, weird. no, some uh, of these guys I like. I don't. I'm not the biggest Traylon Burks fan in the world, but it just feels like that's kind of the way that we're trending as a draft like this, right? Yeah. Uh, Kohler's a good pick. You know, I mean, I think he's kind of in that group of folks that you like in the third to fourth to fifth round that I, I think are, I mean, they're all seemingly kind of similar. I mean, he's a, a, a receiving tight end who I think, you know, has some ways to go as a blocker, but I think he can get there. Uh, I think he can, you know, temporarily provide you some uh, value as a uh, as a tight end too. I think you're going to need to be a little bit judicious about how you're putting him on the field because I don't know that he's going to be uh, someone that you're going to want to rely on as like a, you know, a back end. Well, I mean, maybe you will, but I mean, you, I think you would rather have someone like sprinkle on the field if you're, you know, needing a back end backside. Especially early or, on the field. Right. I, I, early on the season, like he, he might be the tight end four to open up the season, but yeah, it's fine. I, I think it, and that's yeah, that's the thing is that I feel like he that could be the case, and then he could make you know a a much quicker move up the up the depth chart, obviously, than someone like McEwen or someone that like kind of yeah. was injured and yeah. kind of had to keep coming back. This guy has a little bit better pedigree than that guy, so I, I I think that you know this is someone that you know especially in the fourth round you'll get him. You may not see a ton from him early on, but as the season goes on, if there's an injury or something, he'll he'll get some snaps, and then you'll start to kind of see him peppered into the plays a little bit. Really, I think you know, you're going to start seeing his impact in, in the next season, yes. next year. Uh, and that's where you'll start to see him like kind of really come on and, and actually get some serious playing time. I mean, if they could grab somebody like Charlie Kohler in the fourth round, I would love that. It'd be a, it'd be a fantastic fit for them. Maybe he's your, a high-end tight end, too, uh, a year from now. Maybe if he continues to develop as a blocker, he becomes a Dalton Schultz-level tight end two, three years from now. But – Hey, so it's a worthwhile gamble in the fourth round. Uh, just running through the rest of their picks. Uh, I've got them taking Cameron Dicker, the kicker from Texas at pick 155 in the fifth round. I'm sure everybody's fine with that. Uh, your receiver <laughs> from uh, Texas hey. Tech, uh, Eric uh, Zukanama, I believe is how you say his name. Sure. Okay. Sure. Uh, Hassan Haskins running back from Michigan at yep. pick 176. Another defensive end in the fifth round. Jeffrey Gunther from Coastal Carolina hits a lot of the same yeah. thresholds that Dan Quinn likes. Uh, and I believe, oh, one more, Tyquan Thornton, wide receiver from Baylor. Yes, from that's Baylor. three receivers okay. yeah. in, the, uh, in this draft. Thornton has a ton of speed. So you're just yeah. throwing numbers at the position. But overall, what are your thoughts on this draft? Easy uh, is a very similar player to uh, Burks. I think he, Easy is actually a, a Burks starter kit in a lot of ways. So you're getting kind of another player that uh, that could potentially fill in that role. He could probably do some more things. And the other thing too is that I, I think Burks, you know, as he develops, can be more than just what he is currently. Yeah, I think he yeah. can be a you're starting X down the road. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think, and then you know, maybe what you do is you 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 transition this guy into kind of that 
pepper in role, right? As a guy that you're trying to find uh, 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 snaps for. I have a feeling with a guy like his size that he's he's going to be a pretty valuable special teams player. Uh, Thor- what's the name of the Baylor kid I- again? Thornton is it? Tyquan Ty- Thornton from Baylor. Yep. Yeah, I mean the guy's just a track star. I mean Baylor is just you know got all kinds of these guys right. They're coming out this year or crazy six, fast. Six two and a half, one eighty one, four two eight at the combine. Yeah, he 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 reminds he kind of reminds me of. And I haven't watched a ton of him, but he, he sort of reminds me of Tyler Lockett a little bit. Yeah, like he's kind of like bit. slight, and he gets downfield like he's bigger really than easily. that. But yeah, he's but yeah, there yeah, is slight build, but fast. Yeah. Um, well, hey, hey, it's a it's a dart throw, right? Just hey, yeah, this has an elite athlete. Keep him on our practice squad for a year or two. Maybe he'll develop into the next Jalen Guyton. You never know. Yeah. Oh man, uh, someone brought someone brought Jalen Guyton saw that up today. the other day, and I was like, "Hey, I tried to tell them guys. I don't know what to, I don't know why you're coming to me about this." Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's 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 the thing. The Cowboys have been really good about finding and developing down roster uh, wide receivers. They haven't always been good about holding on to them, but they've been good about developing developing sure. them at least. So, uh, yeah, I, I think dart throws at the wide receiver position makes a lot of sense, especially since you've lost so many folks uh, in that spot. And the folks that you do have currently outside of CD lamb and Michael Gallup are, you know, pretty short term contract folks. So this is kind of de- uh, re uh, filling your depleted wide receiver room. Andrew Jeff Cameron Dicker, the kicker. How awesome would that be? Right. All the memes would be so good. So uh, overall, not an awful draft. The Cowboys came more you this hall. You feel okay. Oh, I feel good. Yeah, I think so. I mean, look, if you get a starting, if you get a starting uh, offensive guard and a starting wide receiver that you feel like can make a difference in year one as well as year three, I, I think you got to be satisfied with the way things out. I mean, we, you didn't do this with any trades or any moving around. No. This is all just a straight draft. So, I mean, as far as those kind of drafts go, this is this was a really good job, and and I think that I think Cowboys fans should and would be happy with this. Uh, well, thank you. It only took me like 20 hours to get it done. So I, I, I already saw somebody complaining about a six round pick that I had. So it's maybe you should, right. maybe you should write some more words about it, Marcus. Is you sure 17,000 is enough to explain yourself? The, the editor's like, Hey, would you be able to do another one of these before the draft? I'm like, no, I, I can't. <laughs> yeah. I can't. I'll, if I start now, I'll have it done <laughs> in like about an hour uh, before the draft starts. No, it's, listen, trying to do a seven round mock draft is painful. I, I sat down on my computer Got on a simulator just to like have it play out, and it's like I was just seventy-five picks. I'm like, I don't want to do this anymore. I hate my life. So, uh, God, uh, all, right. So all right, I've got a question about picking a receiver in the first round for you. Yeah. Right but before we do that, I want to tell you guys about Built Bar. This time of year, almost everybody has given up on their New Year's resolutions, but not us. We are sticking to ours to eat better, thanks to Built Bar, partly because it's just. So easy, so much fun to eat built bars. They're covered in 100% real chocolate, with most built bars only containing 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to your average candy bar that has 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. Plus, they've got so many great flavors, including mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, and the new flavor this month is white chocolate cookies and cream. Go to built.com and use promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your next order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. 
Think of all the amazing things in life that are expressions of you, your favorite football team, what you wear to the playoff watch party, that song that you stream over and over to get you pumped up for the gym, or the recommendations that you share with your friends on the top six comedy podcasts that are best to listen to on a long road trip, or even your new haircut, which may or may not be an epic ball cut from the 90s and hopefully is. Everything that makes you, you makes all the difference. State Farm believes insurance should work the same way. Your plan, your coverage selections can be personalized by you. And the ability to choose the plan you want by picking the options that fit you, like choosing to bundle your home and auto policies, is what the State Farm Personal Price Plan is all about. Getting the coverage you want at an affordable price just for you. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. All right, we saw another big contract today at the wide receiver market. Stephon Diggs got a deal uh, that's going to basically tie him in Buffalo for the next several years. It's paying him an average of $24 million, I believe, a year. Yeah. Um, I saw today that Amari Cooper is now – believe the ninth highest paid wide receiver in the league that happened pretty fast and it's going to continue to go down with guys like aj brown dk metcalf terry mclaurin debo samuel all scheduled to get deals this offseason does it make financial sense now with the rising price of wide receivers and you know in free agency and just in the market in general to pick a receiver in the first round because you get that extra fifth year and because it's just so beneficial to have a receiver on a cheap contract like that. I think it's certainly beneficial if you can get somebody of that ilk, right, of that tier that is playing at a level that commands that top-end wide receiver money uh, in, in the draft. Like that, yes, I think that that value is only going to increase because this, the wide receiver contracts are, mm-hmm. are probably only going to increase, right? Um, <clears throat> you know, but I think the, the problem is is that uh, you know, I think having a, a rookie, uh, a talented rookie quarterback on a on a uh, on a rookie deal is is without a doubt fantastic. Well, let me let me rephrase this. I, I I think that that despite what happens at quarterback, I don't know that it's a one for one situation with wide receiver because I do think that there are cases where you can get diminishing returns at the quarterback position. You can't overpay a quarterback. No, you can't. No. It's just and not possible. Of a certain caliber, right? What'd you say? As long as they're of a certain caliber. Yeah. Now, if you're yeah. Paying a bad, if you're paying a once bad they, quarterback, yes. Once they meet a certain threshold, like you literally cannot overpay a quarterback yes. because quarterbacks value to their team is so ridiculously out of proportion to the percentage yeah. of the, of what they're paid on the cap, yes. right? Like they're just more valuable than what they get paid on the cap despite how, how, how outrageous it may seem, right? Yes. I think with wide receiver, you can make th- – that argument can be made a lot easier uh, going the other way. I think that you know wide receiver is a position that you if you pay a guy, you, he certainly can be worth it, absolutely, and, and worth way more than what you paid him. But I also think that because of the way the volatility at the position and because it's relying on other factors, there are times when that – contract can seem really good and really bad and really good yes. so um i think that yes the answer is still yes th- that that drafting a, a a top end wide receiver in the first round locking him in at that rate and getting a fifth year on top of that that is still an incredible value for a top end wide receiver i think uh the difference between that and quarterback is that 
even when your five years are up with quarterback, you're going to resign that quarterback if yeah. he's good enough. You're going to pay whatever it takes to resign him. I don't know that that's always the case at wide receiver because I don't know that every top end wide receiver that you would have to pay at that rate is always going to be worth or right. his his contract is always going to be a valuable contract throughout the life of the contract. So one of the things I keep coming back to is it, let's say you strike out at receiver or you strike out at left guard. You have to go to free agency to fill that spot. Yeah. Like yeah. not the Cowboys, but just in general, like a team that a team that needs to go get a receiver in free agency, like Jacksonville this year, you're going to have to end up paying. I don't want to say, say Christian Kirk is an average player, but like slightly above average, I mean, right? You're paying him great money because that's just what the market dictates, right? Where if you need a left guard, like James Daniels, who signed with the Steelers, right? Played with the Bears. He went for like $8 million, right? And he's a really good player. It's just way easier and way more financially responsible to go out and, and, and pay a guard rather than overpaying a receiver twice, sometimes three times as much. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I think that that's, you know, <clears throat> it, it, it goes back to uh, the, you know, some of those, some of the reasons that, that Cooper's not here anymore, right? Is that it, it, when, when there's a certain point when that value of that contract is, it's not worth it anymore. You're underwater, yeah. right? Um, and that's why it's, you know, kind of a double-edged sword for some of these wide receivers who sign these long-term contracts, right? If they can produce at that level for... Yeah. Uh, the, the length of the contract, then that's great. But if they have two or three years off where they're they're not producing at that level, and you know you, it's a four year deal, suddenly you're underwater in the value there. So uh, yeah, I just think I it's think... easier to go out in free agency, and I, I I feel okay overpaying a guard if I have to ten million rather than overpaying an average receiver eighteen million. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Because I... I mean, I think you're. I mean, just simply for the fact that you feel like you'll get that val that minimum value a lot easier and it's yeah. not reliant on, you know, a lot of other factors in the same way that wide receiver can be. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's, it's really why we came up with this money five position or not we, but like, you know, we, we've, we've all talked about it, right? There's yeah. five positions that are really valuable for in the NFL draft those positions, spend a lot of money on those ones because everywhere else you can kind of fill in, and it's not super expensive to do it. Look at the off the ball linebacker market this year. Yeah. And you can get guys like Kazir White for three million dollars. If you needed a linebacker, you can get guys so cheap. So don't spend a, a first round pick on a linebacker, even if it's a really good prospect. I love Nicobe Dean. I think he's fantastic. It would be a terrible pick for Dallas. For yeah, you know, just because you can find those type of guys out there. Yeah, and again, it's not even just it's it's not even just the the contract itself. It's it's the opportunity cost. You yes. just don't get a lot of opportunities to pay talented players at that level, right? At right. at the level right. of of what you the rookie wage scale is. So, uh, yeah, I think that you know if you if you use it on a linebacker, you're just not taking full advantage of the money that can be saved. And yes. and again, like I mean, we could say it again. Everyone talks about the uh, the Emmitt the Emmett Smith <laughs> the Ezekiel Elliott contract, uh, it, you know, and, and how and how much of an overpay is. I mean, the reason you can even stomach some of that stuff is that you have to find margins in other areas where uh, where you can 
you get some value in order to make up for that. Tyron Smith's contract is one of them, but stuff like this, like that's, you know, get a wide receiver on a cheap rookie deal. Don't, you know, try to get an awful linebacker. Have two of them on rookie deals like CeeDee Lamb and Burks in this example that we just did. And look, and and here's the thing, look at, uh, uh, you know, Leighton Van Esch, right? Okay, not 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 like a top end linebacker, nothing like very that. Very average, look, right? Very, but average, right? Like, I mean, but, NFL average, right? Yes, like, yes. you know, not not a poo poo lovable, you know, replacement level uh, yes, linebacker. Average, yep. He got paid nothing, you know, nothing. The Cowboys basically got the vet minimum. Basically, the vet, for a vet minimum. minimum. So yeah, like it's like I guarantee you that Nicobe Dean's a better player than than Leighton Vanderish is right now. But is he, you know? X amount better. Like, you know what I'm saying? Are you really getting a huge savings there? I, no, I, I mean, don't think, I don't know that you are, you know, I feel that way with safeties too, especially the way yeah. the safety market has been the last couple of years. Like the Cowboys are going to pay Donovan Wilson, Malik Hooker and J Ron curse less than 10 million total this year. Right. Yeah. I mean, they're paying those guys absolutely nothing. So a uh, couple of positions that you can fade in the draft and in free agency, a uh, couple that you need to spend up on. I think wide receivers probably one that the Cowboys should draft, if not in the first round, certainly in the second round this year. It's just to be interesting if the right guy is available to them. All right, that is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. As always, you can find us wherever you find your podcast. Check us out on YouTube. Tomorrow, we're going to talk about some day three tight end prospects that the Cowboys have already shown interest in, assuming they don't have big breaking free agency news. So... We'll be back tomorrow talking about tight ends. I can guarantee it. <laughs> uh, follow Layden at McCoolBCB. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. We'll see you guys on Thursday. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.